guys. He's like a lunch bell guy. That blue collar pills are coming to work. He's going to outwork you every single play. 15-year NFL veteran Lorenzo Alexander joins Wolf and Luke to give us the lowdown on the Cardinals and the NFL. Brought to you by your Valley Chevy dealers. See your Valley Chevy dealers for the ultimate lineup. Oh, baby, what a hit by Lorenzo Alexander. Always here. It must be Thursday. Lorenzo Alexander for the lowdown for the next hour as we head towards week five of the NFL season. So what's going on over there, man? Doing well. Just, uh, you know, I got in this grad program, you know, over at GCU. So I'm just making sure everything is uh, right because we have a group project. Got to do some uh, mock coaching over the next couple of weeks. Get get some people right with their with their issues. Wow. You have homework? Yeah, you get homework. Yeah, homework. yeah it's right. group work, you yeah. know. So just coaching people, working on my skill set as a coach, and then obviously it's it's mock issues, so people will make up something, and you kind of got to walk them through it. Well, pardon me, Mr. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> that was awesome right there. So on that note, right, I have to ask you this. Have you ever seen the movie Epic? Have you ever seen the movie Epic? Oh, no, is that a kid's movie? I hurt my elbow. Kind of. I see. Is that what the L, the little people? Yes. Yeah, yes, like the, the yeah, yeah, see. yeah. Yeah, I've see seen it, it. yeah, at some point. See, you see I a lot that. of stuff with the kids. Yeah, okay. I've seen that. Good. I just wanted to get that out of the way. <laughs> That's actually <laughs> when he's yelling if you've seen it in the open, that he's talking about Epic. Yeah. When we play that clip of Zoe yelling every every hour okay, that no, you always talk about. No, he's not. <laughs> You're looking at me like I'm like saying I, something I you've never heard of. What are you talking about? You reference it at least okay, four good. times a show. Um, have you ever hurt your elbow, by the way? Have you ever done that? Have I've hurt my elbow striking people, yes. Okay. So, like, yes. You know, you get, you get. I don't even know what it's called, but, you know, jack em up elbow. I, I've gotten that. Like, tennis elbow, but you get jack em up elbow from locking linemen out, big guys, tossing them. And so, yeah, by the end of my career, I get that real bad tendonitis in there from just striking guys all season. Okay. There you go. I just wanted to ask him that about the yeah. elbow thing. And, of course, Epic. See, I, I feel so good. No, because obviously. he's got kids, and he obviously knew it. Yeah, he understood. Epic was right here in the show sheets. Yeah. <laughs> so ask your question right now, Luke, if you would. Please. Oh, you mean one about football? Yeah. Uh, all right, so so we were talking about this pre-show and, and, and the similarities potentially between the Eagles offense and what the Cardinals offense could be, what the Cardinals offense was a year ago at this time. And the conversation inevitably shifts over to receiver because it seems like each week this season, the Cardinals have had to move things around at receiver, not having DeAndre Hopkins, but then, you know, A.J. Green gets hurt. Rondale Moore was hurt. Right. Rondale Moore comes back and all of a sudden Greg Dortch isn't really a factor. Which is weird. Yeah. yeah. Let's start there. There's got to be a way where you can bring Rondale Moore back and not get rid of one of your most consistent receivers for the first few games, right? You would think so, um, especially because he's been producing. I think I even talked about maybe a couple of weeks ago, like when these guys start getting healthy, do not do anything to this guy, yeah. right? You know, those guys got to earn their way back on the field. It should it should be more like, and, and this happened to me. I was a I was a, a casualty of this. What is it? Uh, what did BA used to always talk about? Wally Pip. Yeah, next man, up. next man up. But when that guy who gets his opportunity comes out and performs, 
that that guy that was out, unless it's like a Larry Fitzgerald or a Kyler Murray type of guy, yeah. right? You have to earn those reps back, you know, because that guy has come in, has done really well and exceeded. So I don't know what's happened there. It's always kind of weird when you see a guy that's, that's doing well and, you know, for whatever reason, whether it's coaching preference or they just want to get this showcase this guy because they think they're going to give him a better option where a guy has done well with his time, but then it kind of gets pushed back to the back seat again. So have you seen the Philadelphia Eagles wide receivers? Have you seen Oh, I saw it. I saw it in person. Um, <laughs> I was in Washington um, two weeks ago for the, the Washington Eagles game, and, and they was on full display, especially Devontae Smith. Uh, yeah. He was all over the place. I mean, he was taking them deep, you know, routing them up, catching the ball at the line of scrimmage and showing his speed. Um, obviously, when you think about um, A.J. Brown, I've played against him multiple times and how big and strong and physical he is and how they use him. And he's a man amongst boys out there. And he's even physical in the run game, which I think has really helped um, uh, Miles Sanders as well and, and watching him on the ground. And it is really balanced. And I haven't even mentioned, right, Dallas Goldert as far as what he brings to the table um, as a pass catcher as well. And they do a lot of quick screens to him. And so they have a lot of different different weapons and you know just watching the game last week versus the, the Jaguars at different times they feature different guys based on who has the hot hand uh, so if they're going to run the ball and you see Miles Sanders break one you can guarantee you're going to get a heavy doses of him early in the game it was AJ Brown you got a heavy doses of him and then at, and then if you forget about if you start focusing about those two guys here comes Dallas and here comes Devontae Smith so it's just really hard to keep up and we haven't even mentioned what Jalen Hurts is able to do with his feet at times with some of the, the RPOs or the, from a defense perspective, we used to always call it a run-pass conflict. Do I come in because Miles Sanders is really good, or do I need to honor my my uh, my coverage responsibility just in case Jalen decides to pull it? If you're if you're looking at this game, then I mean, if you're the Cardinals, and I know you're not going in saying, "Hey, we're going to win a high-scoring game or a low-scoring game," but from your perspective, though, is Philadelphia a team the Cardinals are going to have to try and beat by just outscoring them, or is there a way to slow this offense down? Because for the Cardinals, well, it was supposed to be offense first, but really their defense well, is better. They better be offense first this week. They can't have a slow start in this game because this team is very explosive. Um, obviously, last week, with when we think about the Eagles, they had an early turnover pick six, and they were down 14-0 really quick, but found a way to get back in the game, score, and, and found their way to win that game last week. But I wouldn't bank on that happening every single week, and this team is, is very explosive. So, I, you know, I defensively, you have to stop the run. You can't allow them to continue to beat you on the ground and in the air. You have to make Jalen feel like he has to win the game from the pocket on third and longer downs. Um, I don't know if he can do that consistently throughout a game, but when you allow them to run the ball, all that you know RPO and, and all that stuff comes alive, play action comes alive, and it makes it really hard to stop everybody. Um, and then offensively, having long drives like they've done throughout the game, but make them in the first half and then score a touchdown when you get down and can't kick field goals when you play a team that's so explosive. Yeah, you know what is so odd about this right now, too, is these two offenses are more similar than any other offenses in the National Football League. Yeah, they play when, very similar. When yeah, when you, you watch look it. Look at them all. So it's amazing, man. They love 11 personnel. Mm-hmm. Now, now, most teams do, but not 
to the degree in which the Cardinals and the Eagles play 11 personnel. Well, they play that just e- almost yeah. exclusively in rundown. Right, and I think that's because of their personnel and their talent right on the outside. When you right. think about the receivers, the tight ends that these both teams have, and the quarterbacks and the styles of how they Spread play the game. Backs. Right. Yeah, man. And, you know, one is just operating at a higher level right now, executing at a higher level, extending, ex- sustaining drives, hitting on the big play, right? Because I think that's one of the areas that Kyler and Hollywood haven't been able to do consistently. You see them go down the field, they'll have a couple here and there, but I think Devontae Smith and, and, and Jalen Hurts and A.J. Brown, they've had explosive plays. And I don't know where they're at in the league, but when you watch the film, it's pretty high up there when you think about the explosive plays that they've had. And I think that's really the difference that's separating these two because that's how you win games. Not too many people can methodically work their way down the field all the time. You have to have these big explosives uh, when you're playing the type of defenses that you see each, each week. Uh, up next, he's back. Could Isaiah Simmons be the key to stopping Jalen Hurts? Lorenzo Alexander will break that down for us next on The Lowdown. It's the Wolf and Luke Show on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Arizona Sports. Like this. Lorenzo Alexander, 15-year NFL veteran. And he is going to get sacked. Lorenzo Alexander, the former Cardinal. The Lowdown with Wolf and Luke. Brought to you by your Valley Chevy dealers. See your Valley Chevy dealers for the ultimate lineup. Right, we are back. And to peel back the curtain. Coming back from commercial break means making Wolf take a break from talking about football to talk about football. Are you yeah. okay with that, Wolf? Right, no, I'm good. Okay, so you can go from football to yeah. football back to well, football. Well, Zoe's here, though. Yeah, I, I mean, he wants to talk about ball, too. Yeah, that's all I love. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I understand. You bring Zoe in here, it's, it's just right. football all the time. Ball. Uh, okay, so Zoe, you're the perfect guy to talk to about this because Isaiah Simmons is... Well, at least seems like he's on the track to playing more. They keep saying good things about him. He did play more in the game against Carolina, and they're going to need him this week at his best, aren't they, against Jalen Hurts in particular? Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, I think there's different ways you can use him um, in in this game. And when we think about uh, first stopping the run, and you got to put Jalen Hurts in a in a third down situation where he needs to be spied, right? And I think um, Isaiah has the ability to, to do that. Um, whenever they show up and they mug up and you think everybody's coming and then maybe he comes out a little bit and, and then he can sit and kind of keep eyes on Jalen. But Jalen, even when I watch him, when he's back in the pocket, it's not like his first thing is to, to take off. And so I think you're going to have to play a little cat and mouse, pick and choose those times, you know, based on your film study, when he likes to take off. Maybe that's more in that, that five to six range versus the, the, the seven plus when it's more passing downs. And just kind of fill that out. Um, and I know Vance will have a good beat, beat on that, but I think he can be used there. And then also, they're going to have to step up on um, covering the tight end. Dallas Goldert this week. I mean, mm. just going back and watching the last, even last week versus the Panthers. I don't know who the tight end is. Uh, do you remember who the, his name, who it is? Yeah, uh, uh, give me a second. Yeah, you now. can think about it. Yeah, yeah. It, 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 it doesn't even really matter. It doesn't even really matter. Thomas, the tight but, end. But he was open quite, quite a bit, and I don't think he is in the same Elka when we talk about Dallas Goldert and, and, and what he's able to do. 
Um, and so Isaiah is going to have to step up in that area. I think Zavin is going to have to step up in that area as well. I know I'm kind of getting away with what you talked about as far as hurts, but I can really see that being an issue as well. But using Isaiah, hopefully he can continue to learn, right? Because each time we've matched him up with a tight end, he hasn't shown the best, but they're going to really have to do that because their defense, it seems like teams are trying to attack them with number three, and oftentimes that's the tight end. They undress them, they go to go to spread or empty, and the tight end has is crossing guys' face, out and ups, just using that middle of the field and it's wide open. So hopefully they can use between Zavin and the linebacker core and Isaiah in that, in that situation because I think that's really how the Eagles are going to attack um, the Cardinals' defense this week, more so than Jalen taking off and running. So it's Ian Thomas, by the way. Okay, so there Thomas, we go. I was right with Thomas. That's all I remember. Yeah, that's it's all you Thomas. need. Hey, I kind of Right threw this through it at you. No, I'm surprised you know what? Um, once again, I was talking to you about this a little bit, but these offenses being so similar, and yet at the same time, you've got an offensive coordinator and you've got a defensive coordinator, and these offensive coordinators are studying the other team's defense, and vice versa, of course. Who do you think this favors? Who Does it favor anybody? Does it favor the offenses going into this? matchup knowing how similar these offenses are does it does it favor the defenses going in knowing that they work against this type of offense on a daily basis i mean what is it who do you think it favors of anybody yeah i i don't i don't know if it favors one person when you see things all the time you know anytime it's kind of matched up schematically like like it is is to your point I always go to the player. You know, who who are the players? Who do I have to guard? How do I have to stop these guys? Do I have the personnel? Even I know and I know what they're doing. Do I have the personnel to stop it? Um, and just the way efficiently the Eagles are right now with the guys that we've kind of talked about from Devontae Smith to A.J. Brown to Dallas Golder to Miles Sanders, the way they are playing at a high level right now, putting up points, extending drives, big plays, my inclination goes to them because I just haven't seen the Cardinals quite yet come out and 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 put points on the board. First of all, right in the first quarter, what they need help. to do. Um, and so, based on this first month sample size, that's why I lean that way because the, the, the Eagles are just in a good rhythm, four and zero run right now. Probably feeling really good about themselves. Um, and even when you hear like a guy like Jalen speak, he's making sure. Hey, we ain't overlooking the Cardinals either, right? Hey, Let's talk about the car. This is a good football team, right? And so I think they're in the in the in the right mind space as far as entering this game, playing a team that most people nationally probably thinks is inferior as far as how the Cardinals have played. Um, and so that's why I, I just go towards. I like the way their mentality is and what they've been able to do on the field so far in the Eagles. It's funny you brought that up, Zoe, because I was just going to ask you about that. Actually, if you are on that defense and you hear a ten minute press conference, basically where at the end Jalen Hurts has to be like, "Hey, by the way, since you guys didn't ask me about the defense we're actually facing." You asked me about everything else on the planet, right? Uh, he showed them a lot of respect, but yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. But but uh, you know, whether it's the media market or just in general, the defense has played pretty well the last couple of weeks, and they're totally overlooked coming into this game. I would I would agree with that, and I think from a player's perspective, 
Um, you, it, it means more if a player does that versus the media, yeah. right? Because, uh, you know, most people don't watch all the games, and they don't watch every single play. They go off of what the score says and in, in, in your record and in the general feel of a team and an organization versus really diving in and seeing what the Cardinals have done defensively the first four weeks of the season, right? And a lot of that's driven by the, the inability of the offense to come out fast and play well. I think it's really set the narrative around that. And so if I am, uh, you know, J.J. or Zavin, I'm not offended by what people who really don't know football, you know, aren't asking the right questions, especially if they're not our beat, our beat uh, reporters. Yeah. But if, if Jalen would have said something like, man, why are we talking about them dudes ain't that good? Then that, then, oh, you, oh, you know, oh, okay, all right. Oh, you don't think we that good, huh? I'll show you, right? So that's that's a different mentality when that. So I think by Jalen doing that, it just shows how aware he is yeah. and right and how much respect he does have for this team, especially this defense, because they have showed up. They have been the reason why this team is 2-2 two and two and keeping in the game, even 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 last week, because it was like, man, I was watching the game, like, my oh, it's again. And then in that second half, or maybe towards the se- in the second uh, quarter, you know, you get interceptions, batted balls, um, and they really shift that momentum and, and really helps kind of uh, change the momentum and supercharges off so they can kind of get on the roll as well. So I know we're talking a lot about Isaiah Simmons here, of course, and how you might use him in his role, and um, Isaiah, of course, played a lot of snaps last week. What about Zayvon Collins? Turn your attention to him and what you saw out of Zayvon Collins. He is, he, he's making plays. He's getting better. I still don't think he quite understands sometimes where the block is coming from. Like, I think he sees the play, right? He, he's doing well there, he's, but his eyes, as far as who's coming to get him, surprises him, and so he doesn't use his hands. Because a couple of times, like, oh, okay, he's using his hands. And then those other couple, as the game kind of progressed, he didn't understand what two linemen are responsible for him, right? And so, again, it's like taking Base that block, next. Deuce that, block, right, deuce block. So, right. So, if you're the middle linebacker on a deuce block, um, you know, and that's when uh, the guard in the center or guard tackle double team the defensive lineman then climb up to you. One of those right, guys are right. going to climb up to you. And it happens on both sides of the ball. So, one of those deuce blocks is responsible for the wheel linebacker. The other one is responsible for the mic. Right. And so, you have to understand which one is responsible for you. And because if your eyes in the wrong place, you can get caught slipping. And he's getting caught slipping a little bit. But he is also, I think, making more plays being in the right area. I mean, you think about that fourth and short play. I think it was fourth and short or third yes, and short was. play. No, coming up, making was. plays, being in the backfield, right? But he's still, he's he's going in the right direction. You know, it's incremental. Yep. It's not where we want right. him to be, but he, he's getting there. I just still, if he's, once he figures out, you know, who's coming to block him and using his hands, he's going, his, his production is going to jump up significantly. Text us your thoughts to the FanDuel text line at 620-620 right now. When we come back, are the Cardinals limiting themselves offensively? Zoe's going to stick around for more of the lowdown. It's the Wolf and Luke Show on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. 98.7 FM, Arizona's Sports Station. 23 years in the National Football League, and I can tell you this. There is nobody that I admire and respect more than Lorenzo Alexander. 
He's one of those guys, he's like a lunch bell guy. That blue collar appeal to coming to work. He's going to outwork you every single play. 15-year NFL veteran Lorenzo Alexander joins Wolf and Luke to give us the lowdown on the Cardinals and the NFL. Brought to you by your Valley Chevy dealers. See your Valley Chevy dealers for the ultimate lineup. Oh, baby, what a hit by Lorenzo Alexander. Lorenzo Alexander is here. It is the lowdown on this Thursday, heading into week five of the NFL season. And, Wolf, there was a conversation on NFL Live yesterday that uh, is kind of all over the Internet right now. But you were one of the first people to point it out to us because it's something you've basically been saying for, I don't know, how many years? Man, it's been a long time, honestly. But it doesn't make me right. It just makes it my opinion, basically. But I was fascinated to see Dan Orlovsky having this deep conversation with some other NFL guys as well. Marcus Spears, I believe, was one of those yeah, guys. Marcus Spears, Ryan Clark were both there. Marcus right. Spears, yes. Okay. Good dudes. Yeah, really good dudes. But the conversation they were having, it was fascinating. It was all about under center. Okay. Yeah. Do you? And I wanted to get your opinion on some of this stuff that they were saying. Yeah. There's so there's a lot of audio here. I'm going to try and pick out some of the, uh, the the specific ones. This is this is all of them. This is Marcus Spears, Dan Orlovsky, and Ryan Clark talking about you know the difference between if you're in shotgun, just how how limiting that can be for your offense in the sense that your defense, the opposing defense, can kind of tell what's coming, or at least it's a lot easier. And honestly, like Zoe has said this on the yeah, show, exactly. we got to lean on Dan Orlovsky. Well, um, Marcus Spears and Ryan Clark for this, huh? Yeah, but you know what? They, they actually started talking about other things, oh, okay. and I, and I yeah. really want to get your opinion on this. No, I'm messing with you. Because Zach Allen also said this when we had him in during uh, during rookie camp. He was like just going up against the Cardinals in, in, in practice. He's like, yeah, when they're in offense, it's a little bit easier. To, when they're in shotgun, it's a little bit easier to know what they're going to do. So here, I'm going to start with this Marcus Spears cut, uh, talking about how different it is for a defensive lineman when the quarterback is under center as opposed to being in the shotgun. First of all, play action is available, and it's the toughest thing to defend. Like, And as a defensive lineman, you have more of your playbook at your disposal under center than you do in the shotgun. Sure. Right? Like, the way we go into a meeting during the week is we have personnel groupings. We have a certain set number of plays that they run out of that personnel grouping. Yeah. They have a tendency slide where your tendencies are on first and second down. When you're under center, everything is available to you. You got Bigger, zone right? straight game, you got play action game, you got screen game, toss. So as a defensive lineman, and RC, I know you're going to get to the back end. As a defensive lineman, you now have um, uncondensed your ability to run whatever you want to run. I've opened when, up the barrel. When you get in shotgun, it's only a few things they do. Yeah. Look at the back deck. It's the, it's the back on the side of it. And even in protection, I, I tell y'all this all the time. When the back is set away, usually in shotgun, we know what yeah. the protection is. How does that impact you? When you hear that right there, you're on the second level. How does that impact you as a linebacker? Well, I'll explain it one more time. Nah. <laughs> nah. <laughs> Don't do it. Yeah, but um, it, uh, it, it, to his point, when they are under center, there's more thinking I have to do because they have more inventory uh, available to them. Is it, you know, whether it's going to be run to the left, run to the right, play action, uh, screen game, uh, the timing of things that happen, right? So if you think about what a play action stretch looks like, the quarterback having to go out there, I have to hold a little bit longer. And as I'm holding, if it's play action, 
the receivers are, are closing their cushion, right, and getting behind me. When you're in shotgun, it happens so quick. Oh, okay, that's pass, right? And so I'm back. So there's a lot of things from a thinking standpoint, a, stand, uh, a timing standpoint as far as what I have to honor, and then I have to locate, you know, potentially my area and where my guy is that you have to worry about as a second-level defender. Also, most of the time when guys are in shotgun, wherever they're all set, the run traditionally is going to go over, is going to the opposite side. You know, they do have some same back or same side powers, but rarely does teams implement that. So for me, it's just, it's already defined for me. I don't, I don't have to think as much and I, and, and so then I can play fast as, as a, as a defender. And I think that was always my biggest thing. You want to create as much uncertainty and who you're playing against mine, right? Because everybody's good. So where do you get the incremental um, um, uh, leverages at, right? And it's like doing little things like that throughout the game. And then then you're able to make the same thing be different plays, right? Over a course of a time. And then you, 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 you get a play here, you get a play there, you get a play there. And over time, accumulatively, you end up making more plays and obviously winning games, I think, over a long period of time. So what is the value here then, Zoe? And maybe this is a real easy answer. Maybe there isn't a clear-cut answer. But, you know, we've obviously talked about this a lot in the show. You've talked about right. it a lot with us. We, we have. Zach Allen came in and talked with us about it as well. You're hearing all these guys. I'm sure this conversation's going on. We just talked about how the Eagles are having success running this offense. And the Cardinals obviously did last yeah. year. But honestly, man, like the thing that drives me the craziest is watching, okay, hey, it's third and inches from the goal line and we're going to go into shotgun like what I have to if I was playing defense I would love that I'd be like okay great you're going to go back six yards if you're going to run I'm going to have six yards to get them and right. I'm guessing you're probably going to pass and then you have to also think when you think about this as well you have to have the personnel that is conducive to it and I think Kyler said at points that he's not comfortable in the center right he doesn't like it as much and so you want to breed confidence because even like last week when they were under center around the goal line they end up fumbling the ball yeah. right um and so when you, and then that doesn't help the confidence moving forward even though it may be the best thing to do um if you don't have success doing it you already don't like it then you're more hesitant to do it and you see teams around the league and and, and hurts being one that's having success not being under center and so I think you have to feel that out. But when you're not having success, you sometimes have to do things that aren't necessarily comfortable to you in order to get where you want to be. Get out of the comfort zone. So yeah. do you have any uh, the back end stuff uh, at all? Uh, here, I have one on um, I've I have one on Spears, Orlovsky, and Clark all together. There's a lot of audio okay. here. When you back here in shotgun and y'all doing all you that clapping right. and all that, I'm like, oh, I'm a chill. And I right? can see, go, I go can, here. I can see, even as a defensive lineman, right. I can see all your action yeah. while I'm playing yeah. the play. That, right? That's why I think like we're starting to see even some of the older quarterbacks get under center more and more. I yeah, you know that right there. It's interesting because it's from three different perspectives. You've got the DB and Ryan Clark. You've got Marcus Spears, of course. Right. And then you've got Dan Orlovsky as a quarterback. Right. And you have to wonder right now um, whether or not the shotgun is still this revolution that has taken over football. This is the bigger picture to me. Right. Where is this all headed? Right. And it's an evolution period, right? Yeah. So you have young quarterbacks that have never really had to do it because the shotgun was a big shift to that growing up Pop Warner College and now in the NFL and so you want guys to be able to have everything you want guys to be versatile 
And so sometimes it takes a little bit of evolution process to get there. I think Kyler's been in the league long enough to where he can be comfortable. It may not be his best asset, but it, it opens up things to allow the offense to access different things and and, fo- and force the defense to honor it. Because even when they did it last week, it was all run plays. So hopefully... You know, they see that and say, let me build a little play play action off of this, and we don't, we're not going to just turn around and hand it to James Conner. So maybe that was part of it, because in the four minutes, they ran a lot of it. And so you, now you, you're building a repertoire around it, but you have to establish what you're going to do first and then yep. come off of it with it. Um, so it'll be interesting to see. And then I think to RC's point, the back end again, Play action happens so fast in the gun that as a DB, I don't have to come down. Ryan Clark was a box player too, yeah. and if you playing eight nine yards off the ball and you got a, a, a James Conner, I got to come down on and when it's an eye back. Oh, it's pa- oh man, now I got to go chase Rondell Moore running deep. Those are the things that allows you to do that. I don't think shotgun does as well, even though it may have its own benefits to, to certain guys. Not, and I know we're up against the break here, but doesn't isn't the Cardinals roster offensively set up to be? And you just said it right there set up to be pretty effective if you were running play action from under center because I got to I got to deal with James Conner or Daryl Williams or yeah, whoever yeah. or you know yeah, or yeah, I've yeah. got Hollywood Brown around Dale Moore 20 yards behind me because I thought it was a run I, I mean I, I definitely think it can help but at the end of the day the quarterback and whoever you ask has to be comfortable and so I don't I don't know that I know yeah. he hasn't been comfortable in the past where is he at obviously they're doing it more so maybe he's feeling more comfortable with it but I think some success they have to have some more success with it and we'll see it more and more and more. All right, when we come back, we'll go around the NFL. Are the Buccaneers in trouble? We'll get to, into that and some of the other stuff around the league. Next, the lowdown continues on the Wolf and Luke Show, 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Arizona Sports. Here we go, 15-year NFL veteran, Lorenzo Alexander, joins Wolf and Luke. A guy who epitomizes class, integrity, and is a true gentleman. The lowdown, brought to you by your Valley Chevy dealers. See your Valley Chevy dealers for the ultimate lineup. All right, we're back. Okay, yeah, we are back. Um, All right, Zoe is here, and my headphones are cutting out. Uh, Zoe, we're going to go around the NFL here a little bit. And uh, starting with Tampa Bay, we've been kind of wondering all season, hey, is something up with, with Tom Brady? Yeah. And, you know, Wolf, you had... Not like speculated, but just kind of wondered. Like this, this does this looks like it's probably something personal that, and you always say personal can it's going to impact your professional life. You, there's no way around it. I mean, it's Tom Brady, but if all the stuff that's out there is true that he's dealing with, you know, divorce or whatever. I mean, is even Tom Brady? I feel Nobody like he's, is. He's not immune to that. Either. Nobody. Is. He's human. He's a human being. At the end of the day, um, obviously, he's a great football player. But we're all impacted. And if somebody says they're not, they're lying, right? And 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 the the statement, you know, a happy wife, happy life. It's real, right? When your significant other is happy, when you guys are on one accord, everything else you do is so much more, it's easier. Because you know things are are at peace at home, peace of mind. That's really what men want, peace of mind. So now when you have to go to work and it's not that, then you have um, something that's more important than ball, right? Because you're talking about your family that you have to pay attention to because of something that you may be at fault at and there's a a significant disagreement and it's in regard to obviously him playing um 
um, that takes a lot of time and energy um, on top of the stress that you feel while you are in what's supposed to be your your happy place, right? When you go to work, you go to doing something that you love and you understand that thing that you love is now creating an issue um, that's also important to, with you, with your family. It's, it's, it's hard to, to walk both spaces. And, and I, I've never seen anybody do it well when there's not when home is not taken care of um and so that's why i think it's so important as people that we understand that hey take care of your house first um paying time there and we all have to i know i have to do a better job at that too you try to do everything but that's the most important thing especially when you're married and you have a family um because everything stems from from that that allows you to be impactful in other areas of your life yeah you know honestly right now it, it brought back a lot of bad memories for me personally mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm not going to get into it. Uh, I think you know my story for the most part. Um, still, the biggest failure of my life is the the fact that I f- failed my family and my first wife failed them. And the fact that I've gotten a divorce to me, that's just me yeah. personally, the right. way that I feel. God's got me in his hand. He has restored me. Yet at the same time, um, when your personal life is in ashes and ruin, um, your professional life for the most part is going to be because you are a human being right and and to your point right now um tom brady when he left for 11 days in training camp i think we we all kind of suspected that anyone who's a player knows this is not what happens right right this is not what happens in training camp you just don't walk out of training camp and disappear for 11 days yeah even if you are tom brady of all people something happens had to be up and apparently it is right now i i will say this um i i don't expect much from tom brady the rest of the way that's just me if in fact these reports are true so yeah i mean a lot of it's probably going to depend on how stressful or nasty it could sure. potentially get right yeah. and how well he handles that i mean i think tom is obviously he's really good in his space and what he does um i think if anybody can at least salvage it um, when we're talking about playing football, it, it may be him just because he's he's smart, intelligent, and, and can and can do it well um, on the football field. But it's still going. You're going to see signs of it. And to, to your point, he's not going to be where he normally is. You know, kind of at the top and overcome a lot of things because he has to spend a significant amount of energy. Um, hopefully, hopefully restoring his marriage. You know, versus it going the way it looks like it's going right now. So. Um, you know, I've had a chance to interact with them a little bit, and I'm just praying that they can maybe find some restoration. And then on top of this, it, it sh- just shows you how much you cannot allow football to become who you are, your identity, the centerpiece of, of your life, right? Because, I mean, that's at the at the center of this, that's probably a lot was going on and why guys struggle in talking about that. I mean, I think this is a great example to, for coaches and parents that have their kids is making them understand that God has gifted you the ability to be impactful in this area, but this is not, that sports is not the only area that you can be impactful in, right? Mm-hmm. Um, at the end of the day, it's about serving 
and you can find that in all areas and and it's it's really you that brings the value to the game the game doesn't bring you value um in whatever sport that may be um because that i mean you win seven super bowls multiple mvps right the goat of all time yeah right why can't you transition away from this game and focus on something that's more important and that's what we all struggle with as we try to leave this game and a lot of that is the foundation when we come into it we think the game is doing something for us versus the other way around and so we have to really walk that line intentionally as coaches, parents, and as athletes that we don't allow it to consume us. Um, but we really leverage and use it to impact people, um, you know, on a daily basis. Well, if we're at that point of the show where I feel like we should send Zoe to talk to these people. Like last week, I was like, hey, we send Zoe to talk to the son. <laughs> I know. Like, yeah, you know what? That actually I makes know. a lot of sense when you say it that way, man. Indeed, man. Um, sticking around the NFL, we've got Thursday Night Football tonight, and you've got the Broncos and the Colts, which I'm sure when the NFL put the schedules out at the start of the year, like, hey, it's a pretty good Thursday night game, and maybe it will be. But everybody on the Colts seems to be hurt in the backfield, or at least Jonathan Taylor. Everybody in the Broncos' backfield seems to be hurt. Um, Shaq Leonard is hurt in this game. And Russell Wilson, though, does not look like Russell Wilson. I know it's only been four games, but right. you're on a new team. I mean, I guess you heard whispers last year that that maybe he's he doesn't quite have his fastball, for lack of a better term. I still tend to believe it's Russell Wilson, but it has not looked good in Denver the first four weeks. Yeah, I don't know what's going on. I mean, it's been lackluster to say the least, as as far as all of the hype and expectations that was going into this season, and that this team is just a quarterback away. This is going to be Peyton Manning two point and we've gotten nothing close to that, right? What as far as what we thought this team's uh, uh, trajectory and uh, capability was going to be this year. So it's, it's weird. It happens. Um, you know, hopefully he can find his, his footing at some point throughout this season. It's just hard to watch a, a great player struggle like that, and hopefully this is not how it ends, but he actually finds his footing and is able to finish the season out and make this team um, viable and, and, and really achieve some of the things that, that, that we thought they, they could be this year. So, have you ever taken a swing at a teammate? How <laughs> <laughs> do you think he hurt his elbow? <laughs> oh, I'm just saying. Yeah, maybe you back know. in high school, you know, to some of that old school stuff. But now, I don't think I ever did in the, in the, in the professional ranks. Well, yeah, you you fought somebody out of the field, though. I'm sure, right? You got into a fight. That's out a little of bit the different field than a teammate, something though. Like that. Uh, um, well, no, I'm talking you're about, talking about in, practice, in practice taking. Yeah, yeah, you grab a little face mask. Yeah. Yeah. But I was too smart to swing. You know, I'm, a, I'm not going to swing on somebody who got a helmet on. That makes no sense. He went to Cal. Yeah. Just gonna say he went to Cal. I'm not going to do that. Yeah, you can see the difference. I took multiple swings. Um, okay, let, let me talk to you about Draymond, though, and what happened with Jordan Poole. What, do you, what, your, what are your thoughts on this? I don't even – what was it What was it even about? I, I don't mean, know that we does know. Does it really matter? I, I don't think well, it does matter it, out on the floor, right? It, well, it could matter if it was a personal issue I mean I don't I don't know their engagement or relationships that they have outside of the game so that is because I've been in a locker room where um, one teammate uh, his wife was talking about another teammate's 
significant other. And my okay, one of my teammates came That's and said, great. hey, you better, you better let your wife know to stop talking about my wife. He was addressing him about what you need to tell your wife. And they went to blows in the locker room over okay. it. So, I, I mean, I don't know what the, I, I, you know, I heard, I saw something about Jordan Poole keep telling this story about having a, a cool pool in his backyard. I don't know if that's true, if that was just Twitter. So, are there reasons for me to go to fisticuffs with somebody? Yeah, there's some. There's some out there when you cross a line, uh, personally, especially relationally, as I just kind of mentioned when you talk about significant others. But if it's just like a joke or he just being upset with uh, uh, pool for, you know, I don't know, for personalities or whatever it may be, then then no. Nah. But there are some things to in my mind because I've seen it. And I know if if it was me in those situations, you 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 would elevate to maybe going fisticuffs. Draymond Green seems to be around a lot of these when they and it's Draymond. Yeah, yeah, that's just who he is. <laughs> and I, if I was reading, there was a cut from Jay Williams. We don't have time to play it now, but he was pointing out, look, these guys are kind of both up for contracts here at the end of the season. And if you're Golden State and you can only keep one, yes, Draymond has helped you win how many rings? But Jordan Poole is like kind of part of your future. So I, maybe I don't know if that had anything to do with it or not, but maybe you have something to do with how the uh, the team actually handles it going forward. So this is great, man. Thank you as always. Yeah, appreciate you guys. Thanks, Zoe. Always.